Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. talked about last week this concept of margin the idea that we all need space the idea that we all need to rest but there's a real struggle and, and I think I made a statement last week that, that I think for some people you probably still have a bit of attention inside of you and here's the statement you can get more done in six days than you can in seven when you rest when you do it the way God designed it. And we talked about something last week called Sabbath, right? Where, where you actually take a Sabbath. You take a day and you don't do the work that God has put for you to do, but you take time to be still, to rest, to review. One of the things I think that needs to happen on a Sabbath is that you review the week and you look forward to the next week, right? It's, it's preparation time. It's all that. But the tension is this. The tension is... That everything around us says, I need to be more productive. Right? I, 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 there's, there's more I need to get done, and i got to get this done, and i got the pressure of work, and i got the pressure of family, and I don't know if I'm spending enough time. And then I come to church, and Pastor Mike talks about a date night. Date night? Who's got time for a date night? Right? I mean, like, we've got this productivity thing chasing after us, and I'm talking about margin. And so today, I, wanted, I want to help clear that tension a little bit. Because there, there, is, there, is a, there is a pull, there is this need, and, and don't get me wrong, listen to me, God also expects us to be productive, right? He takes productivity very, very seriously, but the word that's used in the Bible is fruit, right? Instead of saying be productive, he says produce fruit. In other words, he uses sort of a farm metaphor, if you will, to say when things are going well in your life, you should produce fruit, right? And he's pretty serious about it. Luke 13 and 7 says, Jesus said, I've been coming to look for fruit on these trees and still haven't found it. Cut it down. Why should it use up soil? And the metaphor there is, is yeah, you're supposed to be productive. Like you're supposed to get a lot done. There's, there's a lot that God expects for you to do. And, and, and in John 15 and 8, it says, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit. Show yourselves to be my, showing yourselves to be disciples. So why do we need to be productive? Why do we need to bear fruit? Well, because one, bearing fruit brings glory to God. Like that's the reason that we're supposed to bear fruit is because the, the scripture says when we do things and fruit comes out in our lives, the people around us will see it and they will see that God is who he is. It brings glory to who he is, right? Also bearing fruit shows that I'm a disciple, if, if I said to you, hey guys, guess what? Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to step down next month as pastor of Church of the Lakes because the Boston Celtics have signed me to a five-year contract. 
How many of y'all believe that? Can I remind you that I'm 5'10"? Listen, words mean nothing, right? Words mean nothing. It is fruit. It is when we actually produce. It's when something happens, when we see something, when there is production that actually defines what it means to be a disciple or a follower of Jesus. It's not just words that we say. It's not just prayers. But it's the reality of things coming through us. And, 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 and to be quite honest, God wants you to bear fruit. He, he wants me to bear fruit. John 15 and 16, catch this. And it sounds like I'm arguing against myself, but hold on here with me. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you to go and bear fruit and fruit that lasts. Right? So let me say it to you this way. Bearing fruit is a purpose of your salvation. Bearing fruit is a purpose of your salvation. In other words, you might think your salvation is just so that you don't have to go to the bad place and you get to go to the good place. And what I need you to understand, if that's all there was to it, then when you accepted Christ, he would beam you up, Scotty. Right? Like, like, like why, why, else, why do you need to be here any longer if that's the only purpose? But part of the purpose of your salvation is to bear fruit, is to be productive, is to do things that last. And a productive life, catch this, is one where the fruit lasts. It's one where the fruit lasts. There are a lot of, a lot of flash in the pans, right? Right? One hit wonders, right? We, I thought about pulling some old songs and I thought it would jack our heads up and take us in the wrong direction. But there's some great one hit wonders out there that today you don't have a clue where they are. Right? And I looked up a few, like I thought of some old songs that were kind of one-hit wonders, found out, and then found out where they were today. And it was, it was crazy. Like, one of the people who's a one-hit wonders is a bus driver now. Like, city bus driver. Right? And so listen, so, so what we need to understand is fruit, from a biblical perspective, is actually something that, that lasts. What you do, catch this, what you do consistently is much more important than what you do periodically. What you do consistently is way more important than what you do periodically. And, 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 and we need to understand that we're in a culture that teaches you the exact opposite lesson. Right? Young people, get your 15 minutes of fame on YouTube. Right? I want to be a YouTuber. I want to, I, right? Like, if you could just do something. Bad press is still good press. Why? Because the idea is, that, well, if I just get my flash in the pan, that it's worth it. And the reality is that's a worldly way of looking at it, but fruit lasts. But there's still a tension, Pastor Mike. All you've done is now push more of an argument towards productivity, fruit, what we've got to do and produce in our life, right? But then last week you told us that we're supposed to have margin. How the heck is that supposed to work? And the tension gets solved and answered when you define fruit. When you define productivity. So let me ask you the question. Where are you going? With your job. Where, where are you going? With, with your marriage. Like, where, where are you going? With your children. Wh where are you going? With, with your, your home, your neighborhood, I mean, the places that God has put you in and trusted, where, where are you going? 
Because if you don't know where you're going, then I'm going to bet this. Catch this. I'm going to bet that you are using social media, the opinions of friends, and just necessity to tell you what you're supposed to do next. Right? If you don't know where you're going, if you don't have a, a target, if you don't have an idea, in other words, if you don't define fruit or define productivity, how do you know you're doing well? You don't unless you make the comparison to social media, your friends' opinions, or the necessities of life. Well, I'm doing this because i got to pay the bills. Well, why are you paying that bill? Because you bought a house that was way more than you should have bought at your place in life right now and what you make right now. Right? And so I want to talk to you today because I want to define fruit. I want to define productivity. I want, as we go into this, this school year, this sort of start of a new year is kind of the way our culture works. I want you to still consider the idea of margin, but I want you to continue the, the idea of taking a day and taking a day of rest and taking a Sabbath meal with your family and sitting down and being still before God and stilling your soul. Sunday morning should not be the only time you sit still. That you, that you, that you put some worship music on. That, that you find some margin. Because I believe the Bible describes productivity or fruit in four different ways. Here's what it means to be productive or fruitful, I think, from God's perspective. Number one is the fruit of repentance. The fruit of repentance. If the story is true... And God created us, but we fell and we're sinners and we now sin and we have sin inside of our lives. Part of the fruit, part of what we're supposed to be productive in doing is finding ourselves in places of repentance where we turn away from the sinful behavior. Right? That's, that's fruit. Fruit is that I begin to overcome, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. And so I begin to overcome and repentance comes and I change and I turn away from those things in my life. Number two, fruit can be defined as the fruit of the Spirit. There are nine characteristics that are de described in the Bible that are the fruit of the Spirit, that when the Holy Spirit resides inside of you and His given authority, listen now, you have authority that you can take charge yourself. God's a gentleman, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, right? But when the Holy Spirit is allowed to work inside of your lives as He wills, then there are nine characteristics that come out. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Thank you, Children's Church. Right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In other words, when I am walking in the Spirit, when I am in relationship with Him, when I take margin, why is it that we lose our temper driving? Why is it that we're losing our, we're so short with our spouse on this particular day? And I bet you can track it back to a lack of margin. I bet you can track it back to lack of time where I stood still and said, God, you're God, and help me to get over myself and my pride and my hurt, and I choose to forgive, and, I, and then I walk in love. See, when, you, when, when we find margin, the fruits of the Holy Spirit actually they come out. They come out automatically in us. Number three, there's a fruit of bringing someone to Jesus. When do you know that something is mature? And the answer is when it can reproduce. 
right? So, so the reality being that in our culture, we have extended this thing called adolescence. Do you know that in the West, we're like the only people that do this thing called adolescence? Like, think about it. When do you have a bar mitzvah? 13. In the, in the, in the Hispanic culture, you have a quinceanera, which is 15, right? The, 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 the reality that when you get to this place, you're expected now to start becoming an adult, right? That you start to become. And so when something becomes mature, it is able to reproduce. So the maturity of us, as we, as we have margin, because you go, I don't know how to talk to people about God. You, the reason maybe you don't know how to talk to people about God is because maybe you haven't talked to God about people. Because I'm going to tell you something. You pray for somebody, it'll change your relationship with them. You, you start praying for somebody, whether they be your enemy or your best friend. And all of a sudden, you're dying to talk to them. Because all of a sudden, you've been praying all week, and you just want to go to them and go, well, how's things going? Like, what's up? Like, Right? The, the reality, and so why do we have margin? Because we want to see the fruit. How do we see the fruit? How do, we, how do we come to a place where we can actually share our faith? So many people are so scared of evangelism or the thought of sharing your faith. But the reality is, is, is that if you spend enough time in margin, if you spend enough time in the presence of God, you can't help but talk about the experience that you had in that place. Number four is the fruit of serving. The, 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 what it means to be productive Listen, listen, from a God's perspective, what it means to be productive is we should be producing repentance within ourselves, right? We, we should be moving forward where we're, we're sort of chiseling away at, if you will, the sin and the, and the muck that is inside of our souls and our hearts. We should see the fruit of the, of the Spirit beginning to have, like I see it, like I look back a few years and, and I remember Mike Matheny in college, <laughs> And I, I remember, like, if there is, like, rage, rage, anger. Rage, anger. Make her remember just losing my mind on people over the dumbest little things. Now, do I still have a temper? Oh, yeah, I've got a temper, y'all. And if you've known me very long, you're like, uh, duh. But let me tell you, it's nowhere near what it was in the past. Like, I see the Holy Spirit, and I see the fruit of the Spirit, growing inside of me as I grow in my relationship with him. So that, that's what it means to be productive or, or the ability to actually bring someone to Jesus or serving. And so what I want to do is, I just want to give you today, talking about this thing of productivity or fruit or being productive with your life and yet being able to have margin and time to be still, they actually go together. They're not at odds with each other. It is the best way to go. You can kill yourself building a business, buying the right home, getting a boat, doing all these things, and going after stuff and have a completely unproductive life. Because God's definition in, in the end, when we go home, when we go to heaven, and we stand before God, <laughs> it's humorous to picture me going, God's going, show me all your stuff. It's not what he does, right? Remember the old bumper sticker, he who dies with the most toys wins. No, 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 no. He, he's not going to ask you about that. First he's going to ask, what would you do with my son Jesus? 
And did you have a relationship with him? And if you did, then we are in relationship. And then he's going to say, now what did you do with the purpose that I had for you and the people that I had around you? That you are on purpose where you are. Productivity is very, very different than what this world defines as productivity. And the strain, the stress, is that we feel this pull because I look on social media and I see somebody else's house. And I see somebody else's stuff. And I think, well, if I was more productive, my life would look more like their life. If I was more productive, I would have this. Come on, any of you guys like me, I, in February, I will be the big 5-0. I thought, don't clap about that, that sucks. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But, but listen, I thought I would be further along at 50. Come on, anybody else? I mean, like, like you, you have all these dreams as a kid and all these thoughts, and, you know, about 50, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And when I look back at my thoughts and, and why I was thinking these things, it was, it was keeping up with the Joneses, right? It, it was ch chasing a fairy tale. In a lot of ways, because I grew up in a really dysfunctional home, um, it was trying to create perfection. Anybody else? Anybody else trying so hard to overcome your dysfunction that you're trying to make it all perfect? Right? And, 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 you're, and you're trying to make, be productive and you're chasing this and, and we got to do that and we gotta, then we got to get the kids in soccer and she's got to go to gymnastics and, she, and we do, we're doing all these things to chase after what the world calls productive. And what I'm hoping to do today is to help you before you get into the start of school. Before you get into the madness of what's going to happen over the next few weeks as our, as our culture sort of evolves into this beginning of the school year thing that kind of happens as sort of a phenomenon, that you might consider margin and productivity. Margin and productivity. And the reality that they're supposed to go together. That when I give God the time that he's due, when I give him my best and my first, and there's a principle, I've taught the principle of the first many times, right? What we do first sets the precedent for the rest. That's why we tithe. We tithe first, and then he blesses the 90% and the rest. Right, what we do with the beginning of our day, define, what's the first thing you say to yourself in the morning when you wake up? Because that's going to have a big definition of your day. Like if you wake up in the morning, like I do sometimes, wake up, look in the mirror, go, oh, good Lord. Right, what, what, did, what did that just start your day? I mean, the thought process, where did that just take your psyche to begin the day? Right, and so the, this idea of, of, of taking margin for us to renew our minds to what it is that God says, to his actual truth, to the real deal. Because what you see around you is a facade, everybody. Right? I was talking to Gabe Fielder, who's the band director here, and um, he said something about, we were talking about, he's, he's a very spiritual man, and, and uh, we, were, we were talking about things that would interact with the Holy Spirit and things that God's been saying to him lately, and and he said something about the real world. He goes, well, the unreal world is what I really mean. And I wonder if as we go into this year, we can take our eyes off of the unreal world 
and put our eyes on the eternal world, right? And what it is, and that's what margin's all about. Margin's all about taking the time to get away from the madness and the world that we see around us. And so let me give you four secrets to what I think is a productive life. Four secrets to a productive life that we're going to talk about today. And then I'm going to encourage you over the coming weeks to put this concept of margin and productivity into work in your lives. Four secrets to a productive life. Number one, cultivate deep roots. Cultivate deep roots. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Come on, you had any heat lately and you felt a little fear? The question might be is how deep are your roots? Right? The, the, the reality is, is, you know why the tree doesn't feel the, fear the heat? Because its roots are so deep it's got plenty of water source. When you and I take the time to, to develop the roots of our lives by getting into God's Word, when we, get, when we take time to find ourselves in God's presence, listen to me, leave, leave a little early for work and take five minutes before you walk in the door and listen to a worship song. What are you doing? You're spreading your roots deep. So when you walk into all that cockapoo-poo in there you got to deal with, right? Then you don't fear it and you don't, and you don't worry about it. I mean, if you're in the service industry, good Lord, get ready. You're going to get yelled at this week, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's what people do. They don't, they don't like this. They don't like that. So put your roots deep. What is the tree? It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. Love that. It has no worries in a year of drought. And it never fails to bear, what? Fruit. Proverbs 12 and 13, the righteous cannot be uprooted. The righteous cannot be uprooted. Let me ask you, are you righteous? That's a loaded question. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but I don't feel very righteous. But you know what? Jesus said, because I died on the cross, you take on my righteousness. You are righteous because of the blood of Jesus Christ, right? So when you rest in him, when you say, God, I'll trust you, and I'm going to take a day, or I'm going to take the morning, or I'm going to take some time, and I'm going to find myself in your presence, then what I'm saying to God is, I trust you with the rest of it. I trust you that if I give you this time, and I, make, and I set my mind straight, that you're going to make the rest of the day, or the rest of the time that I have this week, so much more productive because I'll be chasing the things that really matter, not the things that don't. How can you grow deep roots? These are not in your notes, but let me read you a couple scriptures I, I put in my notes this late. Psalm 1, 2, and 3. They find joy in obeying the law of the Lord, and they study it day and night. They are like trees that grow beside a stream, that bear fruit at the right time, and whose leaves do not dry up. They succeed in everything they do. My wife and I have the blackest thumbs on the planet. Like, we kill everything. We're really good at it. We had orange trees when we bought the house we moved in. We moved into our house in 2000. And there were four orange trees across the back. Well, I didn't like all four of them, so I cut two of them down. But then I was like, okay, orange trees, this is so cool. We got our own orange trees, right? And I knew the cycle of oranges because her daddy had oranges. So we were going to wait 
you know, and, it, and it, can they grow up towards the end of the year? And then when you have your first cold, that's what makes them sweet, you know, and that whole deal, right? And I remember the first time we had oranges on the tree. It was so cool. I went out in the yard, peeled it open, took a bite, and it was terrible. Like, I didn't know that, like, there was such thing as an orange tree that could make poo-poo oranges. Like, did you know that? Did you know that, that, that fruit trees can make fruit that's not good fruit? Yeah, I didn't know that. So they, people started talking to me about fertilizer and grafting. And I, I'll, I, like, all of a sudden, I felt like I had to get a horticulture degree just to get some oranges in my backyard. But isn't it true in us that bad fruit just grows naturally? It takes some work. It takes some fertilizer. It takes some grafting. It takes some effort, right? It takes, listen to me, margin. It takes time for you to get still with God. It takes time for you to read. Listen, some of you guys don't like to read. Let's see, how can I say it really loving and pastoral? Get over it. you got to read your Bible. And if it's really bad, get an audio Bible. At least listen to the Bible. Why? It's fertilizer for your roots. It's, it's the only thing you're going to hold on to when everything crashes. Like when I, when I had the very first phone call of the morning this morning, the first thing that popped in my head right after was a scripture. And, I'm, and I was like, okay, God, hold on to your promises. It's a weird situation, crazy. I'm not really sure what to do. I'm Pastor Mike. I'm supposed to have all the answers. And bat phone to God. They're looking to me, and I'm going, I don't know. You know? So, But I hold on. I grab your verse and hold on to it. Why? Because there was a time in the past where I set aside some time, and I read your word, and it fed my roots so that when the heat comes, I'm ready. And our problem is most of the time, we wait till the heat comes. Right? And then we're like, oh, please help me. And And... and and listen to me, it just doesn't work that way. Colossians 2, 6 and 7, since you have accepted Jesus Christ, live in union with him. So you can actually accept Jesus and not live in union with him? Yes. Because it's a relationship. The only way for you to grow your roots deep where you have a relationship with God that feeds your soul so that you can deal with the madness of this life is for you to be in union. You have to have, it's a relationship. Well, with a relationship, we got to give it time. We've got to spend time and, and spend time understanding. So let me give you a few action thoughts. A couple action plans on this first one. If you're going to cultivate deep roots. One, you probably need a Bible study plan. And if you're like me, you need an accountability partner. Right? Somebody to say, what'd you read? What's God saying to you? Let me challenge you with this. For those of, those of you who know each other here in the church, maybe we just need to get on a regular basis where we look at each other and say, what's God saying to you? And it's an accountability thing, but it also gives them the opportunity to share what God may be saying to them. Because we've got to get into God's Word. Let me, let me encourage you to go to Life Steps. Today's the first Sunday of the month, and we've got Life Steps that happen. And, and so maybe you need to go and learn, and it's a process that we want to take you through to help you with that. One of the things that you're going to have to do if you're going to cultivate deep roots is you're going to have to have intentional margin that's planned to sink God. You're going to have, it, you're going to, have to listen to me, just like you schedule anything else, 
Schedule your time with God. And put it on your calendar as busy. And don't pick up your phone. And I don't care how many red dots pop up on your phone. That's God's time. Like be intentional if you're going to develop deep roots. And then of course, get in a small group. Like the accountability of a small group that's coming up at the 1st of September. Number two, cultivating a productive life. Number two, eliminate the weeds in my life. Eliminate the weeds in my life. And this is living in margin. Isn't it true that weeds grow easier than anything else that you want to grow? Right? Come on, how many of you fight in the yard? Like, I gave up fighting my yard a long time ago. And then it was amazing because the Wyatts moved in next door and they're landscape people. And I was like, I'm going to pay y'all fix this thing. Right? Because it's frustrating, and you got trees hanging, and you're thinking about cutting down, and you're battling weeds, and then now Roundup is toxic. You know, if you use that, you're going to hell or whatever. I mean, right? Like, like there's this thing that we're fighting weeds constantly, and isn't that such a metaphor for my life, for your life? The thing, things inside of us that we don't want to grow grow so much easier than the things that we do. That we actually have to work at it. See, margin, when you take margin, it's time to weed. Like, is there anybody here that likes weeding? Any, any of you people like to weed? All right. I didn't see any weird people in here. All right. I hate weeding. In our house, weeding was always a punishment. When I was a kid, it was a punishment with my girls. Like, if you go to my house and you see the girls out front weeding, somebody just got in trouble. Like, we're not doing yard work. It's a punishment. And isn't that true that it's sort of the way, that's the way we feel about our lives, that that, that to actually get in there and sort of pull out the weeds a little bit and deal with the stuff. But listen to me, to do that, you have to push the rest of the world aside for a few minutes and focus. You've got to find that. So this is why, if you've been in church any amount of time, it can get to the point where you feel like it's Charlie Brown teacher. Because what you hear over and over in church is, got to have a talk, quiet time. Got to read your Bible. Got to have a quiet time. Got to pray. Got to read your Bible. Gotta, and and, and if, you're, if you're not recognizing what we're talking about this morning, it just sounds like something you got to do. It's just this, this thing you're supposed to do. I just I'll have to do this. And here's what I'm saying to you is, you got stuff. <laughs> and I got stuff. And that stuff does not go away unintentionally. That stuff will only go away intentionally. And so as you begin to plan the start of August and getting into the season, let me ask you, are you planning weeding time? Time where you actually can stop and say, how did I do this week? Or how did I do yesterday? And how can I do better? We do this amazing little workbook when we go on mission trips that we've used over and over for years now that I've used. And what we do is in the morning we get up and we kind of have an action plan and here's what we think we'd like to accomplish. And we come back at night, we go, how did we do individually? How did we do it as a team? And we kind of evaluate and we say, here's what we could think like we do better and all this. And by the end of the week, man, the kids, the adults, everybody who's on the trip is just like, man, this is so cool how we've seen God do things every day and like we were intentional about something and something happened and by the end of the week I look at him and I go hey guys this is what the Christian life is supposed to look like like that's this is God's idea like when he says hey take some margin take aside some time it's not because he's like 
I need you to cram me into all the rest of this. He's like, no, 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 no. I want to help you deal with all the rest of it. So let's take time to talk. Let's take time to renew your mind. Let's take time for me to help you understand a few things. Weed a little bit inside of you. Luke 4 and 16. Let me, let me read this to you. A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. This is, this is a parable. <clears throat> and at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, you get invited to a banquet. They think about it. It's, it's kind of cool, funny. Um, the first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go and see it. Please have me excused. That's the weed of investments and money and materialism. Well, I know that I should do this, but I need to go take care of work first. Well, I know I should be in church, or I know I should probably get in a small group. I know I should have quiet time in the morning. But you know what? Work keeps crowding in. It's the weeds that take over what's really important. And the enemy lies to us and makes us think, no, we don't have time for that. And what I would submit to you is if you've got a lot of work to do, you do not not have time to spend time with God. Because he will give you the direction. It's why I say you can do more in six days than you can in seven. Because he will make it more productive if you will find yourself focused on what's important to him and what matters to him. The second one says this. I have bought five yoke of oxen and I, go examine, I, I have to go examine them. Please excuse me. Work, career, more. And another one said, I have, a mar I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Boy, how often do we allow, listen to me, people, relationships... To get in the way of our relationship with God. The reason for margin is to focus on the one that matters. And when you do that, the one that matters will make the rest of it make sense. So which of these weeds, let me ask you, can you see crowding out the margin in your life? Which one of these weeds, that, that, what, what is it that you can focus on weeding this week? And I'll say it to you this way. You can either weed or God will help you weed. <laughs> right? Sometimes life will help you weed. Sometimes we get to the place where we let it get so full of weeds in our garden that God goes, whoa, 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 and he rips the whole garden out. And then we're in this panic and chaos, and what we don't realize is that if we would take the time to weed the garden with him and work with him, it would change the whole scenario. Number three of how to, how to live a productive life, and we're, we're comparing it to margin, is cooperate with God's pruning. Cooperate with God's pruning. John 15 and 1 and 2 says, I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He lops off, I like that, he lops off every branch that doesn't produce. And he prunes, catch this, he prunes those branches that bear fruit for even larger crops. What does that mean? That means I need you to understand, never confuse punishment for pruning. Never confuse punishment with pruning. Let me help you. Punishment is for the past. It's a negative response to your past. Pruning is for your future. It's a positive response to your future. Sometimes we think God is punishing us and we're missing it. We don't understand he's pruning. 
He's cutting something away because he sees a potential in you to do even greater things, to produce even f bigger fruit. He, he says, I see in you the potential for greater effectiveness for the kingdom. So maybe those problems you're dealing with, maybe the pressures that you're feeling right now, or maybe even some of those people right now, let me ask you to think about it. Is it punishment? In other words, is there something you did in the past that's causing you to have to deal with them right now, or that right now? Or maybe is it pruning? Maybe is it that God's going, I, I got this, I, I know it hurts a little bit, just stand still, I got this. Let, let me lop off a little bit here, let me lop off a little bit there, let me deal with this just a little, I'm, I'm, I'm working on some stuff here, I got you, I got you. But I'm working on some things because God is way more, he's way more interested in your character than he is your comfort, right? And so participate with God's pruning. How do you participate with God's pruning? Well, let me ask you if you've got a problem, a pressure, a person right now, and you go, you know, I don't see it as punishment. It's not something I'm going through because of something of the past. It must be God's pruning. So instead of looking at it and going, why do we have to go through this? Some of us are really good whiners. Right? Like, it, like it's like wine attainment. Like entertaining whining. Like I entertain myself by wine. And we get together and we do this. And then we do the, oh, well, with me. I got to deal with this. And uh, teenagers and this. And I got weeds in my yard. And my neighbor's yard is perfect. And we whine about life. And we whine about life. Instead of asking God why. Why don't you ask God what? What is it you're trying to teach me? What is it that you're trying to help me to understand about myself? And when you participate with God's pruning, then you'll see more fruit and more productivity. In other words, when you take time to sit in the margin with God and spend time with Him and say, okay, God, I'm not going to go whining to my friend I'm going to come to you with my what? What is it? What, what, are, what are you saying, God? What are you, what are you, what's, in, what's in my soul that needs to be cleaned up? What's in my head? That, what, what's in my emotional? Uh, maybe I'm un emotionally unhealthy in this particular. What, what is it, God? Because I want to understand. And then you open up your Bible, and the Holy Spirit speaks something to you. And you go, oh my gosh, right? And you go to someone else, and you go, read this. You've got to read this. This is what God said to me. And they read it and they go, that's not what it says. Because the Holy Spirit was talking to you. Because it's a living word, right? So maybe we would be more productive if in the margin we participated with God's pruning. Hebrews 12 and 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Duh. Who likes to get a spanking? Nobody. Nobody likes to get in trouble. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, though, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So the action plan in that area is to thank God for what he is pruning from your life. Try to make this, let me challenge you on this, try to make this a part of your regular prayer life. Take whatever the struggles and the pressures and whatever it is, or the people, you know those people. Come on, we all got those people. Right? Life would be really easy if it wasn't for people. 
What if in the margin, in the time with God, we took those things to God and we said, okay, God, what? What are you doing? How do you want me to respond to this? How can I be healthier, God? How can I be a better representation of you in this situation? Boy, when you participate with God's pruning, you want to see some fruit come in your life. It'll happen. Number four. Number four is probably the hardest one for me, personally. And it's patiently expect a harvest. Come on, somebody. Patiently accept a harvest. John 12, 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls onto the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bear much fruit. He who loves his life will lose it. Right? This entire life is about taking up my cross. Jesus said, come follow me, take up your cross. What does it mean to take up my cross? It means I die to Mike. It means Mike's no longer really important. It means whatever it is that God's doing, and we say here at Church of the Lakes, going palms up, right? <laughs> what, what, whatever, God. What, what, what do you want with my marriage? What do you want with my kids? What do you want with the, what you've given me, my talents and my abilities? What is it, God, that you want? John 15 and 5, Jesus, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. He will be really productive. If you want to be really productive, then find yourself in the margin in the presence of God. It is the margin that makes life productive. I've been guilty of saying it. You probably have been guilty of saying it. There just aren't enough hours in the day. And you and I both know that if all of a sudden we woke up tomorrow and God went poof and there was 30 hours in a day, you'd fill it with junk. Come on. You know that. And so the issue is not more hours. The issue is how we use the hours. The issue is the deception that we think if we put in 60 hours, that we'll do better, then we'll be more productive. If, we, if, we, if I just do that, if I just put in these 70 hours and I just do that for the next six months, then things are going to, listen, listen, li hear me. No. God says if you want to see fruit, if you want to see production, out of your life? Hey, meet me in the margin. Carve out some time. Hey, how about you turn the TV off? How about you start taking part of your screen time? Whether it's this screen, or the big screen, or this screen. What if we took a part of that, we just started saying, you know what, God, I'm going to start giving you a part of my screen time, or a video game screen. Right? Well, I, I'm going to start getting, why? Because I'm understanding. I want to be productive. I want to be fruitful just like God has called me to be. Amen? I mean, all of us want that. But I'm starting to realize as we look at this today that, that, that my productivity is only going to come out of the margin. My productivity, real fruit, real things happening in my life and me seeing things, 
move forward and be healthier in my family and healthier in my marriage and more productive with my kids and all those things. And I don't want to paint, listen to me, I'm not painting some white picket fence picture for you. Life's tough, y'all. Come on now, somebody. Life's tough, right? But here's what I'm saying to you. You will find more contentment and you will actually be somebody who can live out the scripture that says, consider it all joy when you go through many trials. Why? Because when your roots are deep and you know who your heavenly father is, when you know that you can turn to him and go, this stinks, God. And he goes, I, I got you. I got you. Hold on. Right? And you patiently expect a harvest because you know, yeah, I don't just sing it. He really is a good, good father. All of that happens in the margin. All of that happens when I sit still. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I honestly, honestly, I just felt better after worship and communion this morning. Like this morning was like anxiety-filled morning for me. And we, we got done worshiping. I felt like, whew, okay. Why? Because we took a few minutes to set our roots down deep. That they might touch living water. Jesus told the woman at the well, I got water and you'll never be thirsty again. And so let me just... And as, as your pastor, my, my heart for you is I, w I want you guys to, I want you to kill it. <laughs> you know, like I want your businesses to kill it. I want your families to just like be thriving. I want, I want your marriages to be thriving. I mean, I, I want, and, and I hurt when you hurt. I mean, I've, I got some calls this week and some of you guys are hurt. Got some stuff going on. And I hurt when you hurt, but I, I want that productivity for you and I'm just I'm imploring you the way you're gonna find it the way you're gonna see God move and things happen like miraculously that you just don't understand how it works is to build margin in intentional margin where I find myself in God's Word where I find myself in his presence that I might see him produce something with the 90% produce something with the other six days of the week right? Produce something with the other 23 hours because I carved out one for him that I can't even fathom. So let me ask you, where do you need to weed a little bit? Where, where do you need to consider margin a little bit? Start small. Don't get crazy. Don't walk out of here today and I'm going to start spending an hour with God every day and you don't spend any time with God. Come on, man. You're going to fall on your face and you know it and I know it. Let's start with five minutes or ten minutes. I mean, let's start, you know what I mean? Just start with something small and something simple to start to build margin because we're not looking for a hundred-yard dash. We're running a marathon. You understand what I'm saying? Right? What did we say? It's fruit that lasts. We don't want to be a flash in the pan. I don't want to do this for one week. I want to I cultivate something. Fruit-producing margin cultivates deep roots, eliminates weeds, cooperate with God's pruning we patiently expect a harvest so maybe for somebody here today it starts with you surrendering your, your life maybe maybe you've never done that maybe you just heard the relationship with God in a different way completely and the fact that you have a God who loves you and is just <laughs> he's he's wild about you man <laughs> I mean, he just he just really loves you
but it starts with surrender. It starts with me saying, okay, I give my life and I'm going to do my best to serve him. But for the rest of us, it's that reality of making him a priority in our schedule, in our creating margin in their life, in your life. So let's, let's ask God to meet us here in this place and whatever that is for you today. Um, in just a little bit, we'll have the prayer team here up front. We'll have an opportunity to come and pray and, and um, as people are released and, and the ladies are singing for us, you can come forward and pray with somebody and whatever that is. And we would ask you to consider doing that. So let me pray for you right now. Father God, thank you for your patience with us. Man, I'm hard-headed sometimes. So intent on doing it my own way. So intent on leaning on my own abilities. Driven, thriving, striving to do better. When the most productive thing we can do is spend time with you. The most productive things we can do, read your word worship, find ourselves in your presence so that you renew our mind and set our mind straight so that the rest of our day, the rest of our week, the rest of our year we're focused on the things that really matter. God, for those that are here today that are just wrestling with schedule and time and struggle, strife, it just seems like so much. I just pray a peace over them right now. Father, for those that don't know you and today we know they need to surrender their hearts that they would be bold enough to come and pray with someone this morning. We thank you for your word. We give you honor and glory. We pray it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.